wonderful Radio Flanagan with me, Paul Flanagan. Yes, this is WRF, wonderful Radio Flanagan with me, Paul Flanagan. Back with a voice, got a voice, back with a vengeance. Up with the larks, down with the kids on the street. I was going to write that down, but I thought I'd do it spontaneously, but it didn't really come out spontaneously, did it really? <laughs> if you do want to uh, leave me a comment, because I, I do find that um, when you're listening to this on various podcast platforms and different websites and stuff, there isn't a place to write a comment if you wanted to leave a comment. So I actually have a website. Can you believe it? Have you got a pen handy? Go get... Have you got the pen? Right, okay. The website is wrf-podcast.blogspot.com I'll say that again for the hard of hearing. wrf-podcast.blogspot.com And if you go there, you can listen to this and there's a little thing you can click on and leave a link uh, leave a comment and leave it leave a nice comment that that would be you can leave what you like i don't care you know obviously you're going to delete the bad ones <laughs> there's a thing isn't it where <clears throat> it's a, it's a thing to kind of like uh, interact with people no matter what they say and in fact a couple of years ago there was a thing in blogging wasn't there in blogland where um the idea was to uh, create controversy was to say something controversial uh, just to get a response and get a reaction. And I saw this in uh, one particular um, business area on the, on the internet. And this guy was doing this on his blog. And and he wasn't a, uh, you know, a horrible, nasty bloke. He normally wouldn't say boo to a goose, you know. And he started laying into somebody for no reason at all. And then everybody started laying in on him. Then he lost a lot of friends. And okay, for that brief moment in time, you know, the theory of um, saying something controversial in order to get a response, well, it worked. <laughs> but in the long run, <clears throat> he actually lot, a lot, lost a lot of friends and a lot of business. Wait a minute, uh, this time it's coffee. <clears throat> there I was saying I had a full voice back. I, I should have gone out and done a, an opera or something first and then come back again. But I am back again, and I'm taking a break from... Uh, the part two and part three of the Great America Adventure from 1988. Because <clears throat> I thought I'd do, um, as they used to say in silent movies, a few shorts. No, a few short little podcasts. <laughs> um, although this might not turn out to be a short podcast, it might turn out to be <clears throat> a good sort of half an hour, 45 minutes long. I don't really know. But it was uh, something that I wanted to do. Um, and it's been something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, but I was talking to a very good friend of mine the other day. And during the course of the conversation, we got to talking about dreams. You know, the stuff that dreams are made of. Dreams. And I, I, I said something and it was a shock <laughs> to that person that it wasn't the same for them. Um, and then I realised that many years ago I'd found this out, that dreaming isn't the same for everybody. And I wanted to uh, kind of throw it in there of, of my experience of uh, of dreaming, because I quite enjoy it, you know. Uh, we spend a third of our life in bed, effectively, 
and you know it's such wasted time <laughs> if you're not I was going to say, if you're not doing something whilst you're in bed now, just like, stop it, stop it, smut merchants. Just stop that now. Whilst you're asleep, <laughs> is what I was going to say. <clears throat> Why have all that time wasted just because you're asleep? Why couldn't you be doing something constructive like dreaming and doing something with that dreaming? Um, it's just that <laughs> I, I can't remember the first time I actually um, started to have a conversation with somebody about dreams and, you know, what, what, what dreams like and, and that kind of thing because you don't talk about it when you're a kid do you you might wake up in the middle of the night and you might have a nightmare or something mammy mammy or daddy daddy or oh wow <laughs> i got a nightmare and i feel my nappy oh. <coughs> but you don't you don't generally get into the uh, the sort of the theoretical um discussion about you know dreams or you know, i had this great dream last night blah 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 um, and it wasn't, uh, I can't remember now, mid-twenties or something, probably drunk at a party somewhere, or after a party probably, actually. And um, I didn't realise that um, not everybody dreams. That that was the first kind of um, shock. Not everybody has dreams. Not everybody dreams. Um, and when I dream, I dream in full, you know, technical or panoramic sound. Uh, it's all there. It's not lucid dreaming. Might get onto that in a second, but <clears throat> when I dream, it's I, I see everything, and I um, I meet people in my dreams, and, and and we have conversations, and there's action, and there's activity, and it, it's in places. Sometimes the places I know, and sometimes I don't know, and sometimes it's a mixture of um, like like a mix up, like a. Uh, I have the feeling that I know the place, but I've never been there before, or I haven't been there yet. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with people. <clears throat> Some of the people that I meet in my dreams, um, I have uh, an affinity for them, like like I know them in a way that they are uh, either a friend or or even a member of family or uh, like a work colleague or something like that you know it's I, I kind of like know what their status is and and they know mine as well uh, even though you know <laughs> i'm you know when, when i wake up I'm, i have no idea who these people are but at the time of the dream <clears throat> rather all good mates or so killing each other no i don't have like violent dreams and nightmares and stuff like that i, I just don't my my dreams are like um just like adventures I, I guess not adventurous but there's always um a, an element of kind of travel in them like going <clears throat> sort of through a place or to a place you know and it's either uh with somebody or with a group of people or i'm going to meet a group of people something like that um i don't really have um you know, chase dreams being chased by. I mean, like, I'm not going to get into the, uh, you know, the um, the analytical content of it all. I'm not going to get um, analyzing it. You know, like the <clears throat> like the guy who goes to the psychiatrist, and uh, and he says, oh, "Doctor, I'm 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 really stressed out." And the psychiatrist says, "Oh, would you mind sitting down on the couch?" Because he's sort of like Austrian German, as most psychiatrists are. Would you mind? lying down on the couch and just tell me about your experiences and the guy says well you know sometimes i um i think i'm like one of these big awnings you know at like a canvas awning like at a at a country fair and 
it's I'm covering the cake stands and you know and the and the, and the people are all inside the country fair and and um, sometimes I think that um, I'm a big massive canvas covering and it's like at a circus and everybody's performing and everything. And what 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 do you think that is, Doctor? And the psychiatrist looks at him and he says, "You know what your problem is." And the man said, "No, you are too tense. <laughs> you are too tense." it's not my joke <laughs> I'm just passing it on okay so <clears throat> but I'm not going to get into um analyzing <laughs> uh, analyzing about uh, you know the content of things but it's uh, it's just the fact that uh, I then did a bit more um, research this is going back many many years ago but I did a bit more sort of research on it and there's people who just dream in color <clears throat> or, or people that dream just in sounds or uh, or in emotions and this is all a revelation to me because it, like um like um it took me this this might seem strange but it took me up until about my mid 30s um through various uh, experiences during my working um time you know in in different places to realize that um uh not everybody is like me or put it another way people aren't like me <laughs> I know that seems like pretty naive, but you know when you when you brought up all nice Roman Catholic and everything from a, a reasonably sheltered background and and let loose into the world, not everybody is nice, are they? You know, and not everybody has the same, um, uh, you know, like moral standards and 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 worth work ethic, and and have the same opinions on things as you. And um, it took a few. <clears throat> bad work experiences uh, during my mid-30s to realise that um, there are some complete bastards out there and so from that point onward it never changed me um, I, I do I do recall seeing some friends of mine at one place where I worked and in order to get up the, the slippery slope of success um, they changed their whole persona and their personality uh, just to uh, advance and I thought I'm not doing that, I, I don't need to do that I'm, I'm very good at being me so I, so I continued at being me and um, do you know what to this day I'm the best person at being me and I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of myself <laughs> but getting back to dreams yeah <clears throat> so yeah there's some people who, who don't dream only dream in colour uh, only dream in sounds some people actually uh, dream in emotions as well and then you, you, you've got the extreme things where you get the you know these horrible situations where people get frozen in dreams and nightmarish things happen on you know and that kind of thing that that's the kind of like um more uh, psychological things i think than just the kind of like dreaming itself sort of scenario uh it's funny enough i, I didn't have a dream last night uh, but i had one the night before and again it was it's was, it was quite ordinary um i was meeting with some people <clears throat> And the place we were meeting was like a hotel I'd stayed in in Glasgow once many years ago. It's kind of like um, it was a, a hotel that was some old houses knocked together, um, and it was I was meeting some people in there to actually have a meeting as well. Funny enough, um, and everybody knew each other, and it was really cool. It was, and the, and the thing was, it was so detailed. I could tell you about the you know the the, the carpets, the wallpaper. Um, you know the, that we had um, uh, sort of tea and biscuits and stuff. It was like it was it was a thing, you know. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't a lucid dream. It was not like 
um, like reality, like 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 here now, like I'm sitting on a chair with my feet up, um, talking into the microphone. Um, I can you know feel the air, the light around me, and everything. I can feel the heat of the coffee and and all that stuff. And you know, like this is reality, or at least the reality that I think I'm in. Oh. Whereas in the dream, um, I am a participant, but it's <clears throat> it's more of a movie, if that makes sense. I'm kind of like in it, but I'm not in it. And I'm not standing back and observing it. I'm kind of like there. I guess it's kind of like halfway to lucid dreaming, as it were. Um, but, I, but I love dreams. When, when I was a student, and this is going back a very long time now, you know, when everything was black and white and the king was on the throne, you know. Um, I, I used to keep a little dream diary. Uh, I wasn't a teenager. <laughs> no, but I, this was purely from a scientific analytical point of view. And <clears throat> at that time, I think it was because I was consciously um, thinking that I was going to keep a dream diary that I, uh, I actually did dream a lot more. And then I went to analyse the dreams afterwards and there wasn't, there, weren't, there wasn't really any great content in them. I think I'd overworked my brain. Um, and the content was uh, always based on uh, the last couple of hours of before I went to sleep. So it was <clears throat> where I'd been or who I'd talked to or um, what I'd watched on TV, something like that. So when I came back to look at the uh, the content of the dreams, it was like, oh, this is this is rubbish. So <laughs> I only um, I only actually did that for a couple of months and then jacked it in because I, you know, I didn't think it was uh, it, it wasn't going anywhere. I was, I was not about to you know stumble on anything absolutely fantastic. I think then I was in my early twenties, so clearly maybe I hadn't experienced enough in life or something. Uh, maybe your brain has to get worn in. I don't know to, to start appreciating just how cool like dreams can be um I like, i'll give you an example um <laughs> there's two there's two examples of 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 of, of dream oh, actually there's three there's three it's like nobody expects a spanish inquisition yes we have surprise and yes and we have you know, so <laughs> am i wittering now i am wittering i'll get back to it so <clears throat> there was this uh, uh dream that i had going back when did i have this dream about six seven years ago um, I can't remember basically what happened in the dream, but somebody told me a joke in the dream, and I woke up laughing. Me laughing in the dream woke me up laughing. <laughs> so just like that, just like this little giggle thing, and, and I wake up in the bed and I'm lying on my side and I'm laughing and I'm going, <laughs> and then I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> Why am I laughing? I couldn't remember the punchline to the joke. I couldn't even remember the joke. I just knew that this person had told me a joke and I'd laughed in the dream and I'd woke up laughing. Now, that's the the nearest kind of like dream reality connection thing I've almost ever had. It was like a, a portal, like a rip in the fabric of the dream reality barrier. <laughs> it was cool though, it was cool. It was, it was, it was, it was bizarre. I mean, never ever ever you know you can have a nightmare and you can wake up shocked but not to have something in the reality that was the dream come through into what is your perceived reality now <laughs> that was pretty cool i was annoyed that i couldn't remember the joke <laughs> but the other kind of like um <clears throat> or, or the second sort of a dreamy thing which i i think i share is um 
where I had the same dream twice. Now, I don't have the same dreams twice. Apart from this one. And this was a good... I must have had this dream about 35 years ago or something. And then there was a space of um, about 10... No, about 15 years after that. And I had the exact same dream again. The exact same dream. And, and it wasn't a special dream. It wasn't really anything fantastic. Um, I'll tell you what it was. Um... Back in uh, the town where I grew up, uh, um, there was um, a, a playground area just down the road from the house. And my sister had got a bike. And uh, you could tell it was a girl's bike because it didn't have one of those crossbars on that you had to straddle. <laughs> so it was a girl's bike. Um, and where my... Uh, but I, had, I didn't get a bike when I was a kid. So I, I learned to ride on my sister's bike. And uh, my dad used to take us down by this power station. There was like a, a, a little power station next to this play area. And there was like a road, like a private road. So when the stabilizers were on the bike, my sister and I were learning to ride with the stabilizers on. And then when my dad took the stabilizers off, um, we used to, it used to be, he used to be holding the back of the bike, running behind us, sweating like a pig. <laughs> We're trying to keep us steady until he let us, let us go. And, and, and basically that was the dream. It was, the dream was uh, me and my sister with the stabilizers on and the stabilizers off and my dad running behind the bike and us, uh, uh, you know, learning to balance ourselves. But the thing was, um, for me, I was also in competition with some other little boy. And the competition was to uh, marry a girl. <laughs> now, I'm only, in the dream, I'm only a kid, but the competition was to marry a girl who was just standing on, you know, in, on the field there. And she was like dressed like... Um, uh, uh, when you take your first Holy Communion and the girls wear the veils and, and the dresses and everything and stuff like that, well, she was wearing that. And uh, I was trying to uh, learn how to ride on the bike and balance on the bike. And the... Um, and 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 there was another little lad there, and and there was a competition between him and me, and whoever could ride the longest on the road without anybody holding the bike uh, would marry the girl. So the dream never ended up. Uh, he never found out who won the competition, but the dream was just that scenario. So that was the dream. <clears throat> and at the time when I first had that dream. I didn't remember it. I didn't think anything of it. Thought it was a bit peculiar at the time. I can tell you this now, you know, how can I remember a dream from like 35 years ago? It's only because it happened twice, you know, because um, 15 or so years later, um, go to bed, lie down, start sleeping, have this dream. And as soon as I got right towards the end of the dream, in, in the dream, I felt shocked. I, I was feeling shocked because I knew I'd seen all this before. And, and the shock woke me up. And I'm lying in bed and I'm staring like into the darkness and I'm, I'm, I'm running it and I close my eyes and, and, and I run it all back through my head again. And it was exactly the same dream, it, down to everything, to, to, to the length of time it took, to um, the different sort of scenes in the dream, um, the, the continuity of it all and everything, the color, the shape, the size, everything, what was said, what was done. And I don't know. I mean, the same dream twice, so many years apart, and no particular reason, mind. There was nothing going on in either my life or my sister's life or my dad's life or or anything that would mean um, 
this should be significant for anything. No, no, no um, life changing things going on. You know what I mean? You know, all, all that kind of um, all that kind of analysis that you might do, uh, which I did do. <laughs> uh, I, as I say, I don't normally analyse dreams, but when you have the same dream twice, uh, so far apart, then you know it's worth thinking about, isn't it? It's something to uh, <clears throat> well, I scratched my head about it for a bit. Excuse me, more coffee. Yeah, the thing was the coffee was I I had a hot cup of coffee, and then before I set all this up, um, it went a bit cold, so I put it in the microwave. Um, it's always a bit of a danger, isn't it? You know, putting the coffee in the microwave because you kind of like you have to like heat through the cup. Don't, this is my theory anyway. You kind of have to heat through the cup as well, so you can't put it on for like. 10 or 20 seconds or something like that. So I put it on for 35, 40 seconds or something like that. And it was too damned hot, wasn't it? I damn nearly burnt my lips off. So I left it sitting on the desk just now while I've been talking, and now it's got cold again. <laughs> but finally, what we'll do is um, <clears throat> we'll talk briefly about um, lucid dreaming. Now, I'm not going to give a scientific definition about lucid dreaming, um, but this is just my experience of it. So lucid dreaming is where um, the dream is reality. So as I'm sitting here now with my croaky voice on my chairs and um, I can see lights and I can feel temperature and, uh, you know, I'm sitting in this matrix, <laughs> call it what you like, but this is my reality. Well, uh, a lucid dream is where you achieve that same reality, but in a dream. Now... How do you, uh, and there are actually ways you can do this. I'll give you a technique uh, how to um, uh, promote lucid dreaming. Uh, and this is this might seem silly, but it can work. Um, and what you have to say to yourself uh, before you go to sleep is, um, if I see my hand in my dream, then I know I am dreaming. Okay, because the the ability to be able to um, be part of the the dream be part of the reality is to understand that you're in a dream and so once you understand that you're in a dream then you are in the reality of it if that makes sense if it doesn't make sense look it up <laughs> but this technique and the thing is is that your hand is always attached to the end of your arm unless you've got no hands and i do apologize for that but your hand is usually attached to the end of your arm so if you can see your hand while you're in a dream and let's, let's be honest, your hands are usually with you when you're in a dream, if indeed you dream in pictures. Um, and some people don't even dream in moving pictures. But anyway, that's another thing. So you can say to yourself, if I see my hand in my dream, then I know I am dreaming. Try that. When you get bored with that, just try lots of vodka. No, don't, don't try lots of vodka. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so this one lucid dream that I had, and this was amazing. <laughs> Again, it wasn't very long, but it was just amazing. So this is going back to uh, when I was a student, and I was uh, in a in a flat, in a in a town called South Shields, uh, South Shields, up in the northeast of England. And um, it was actually a flat above a pork pie shop. Uh, <laughs> and what used to happen oh, above a pork butcher's? What used to happen at six o'clock in the morning was the butchers downstairs used to turn on his electric saw. So you'd hear him carving away, 
freshly killed animals and then the smell of meat and pork would start rising up through the floors and so if your alarm hadn't gone off you really wanted to get out reasonably quickly before you were sick <laughs> so um so yeah it was it was it was a good awakener to get you out of the flat in the morning but um we didn't have enough bedrooms and so uh we had a camp bed in the front room and we rotated between ourselves, you know, um, once a week, whatever, uh, who was going to sleep in the camp bed and who, who would have a bed in the bedroom. And so this week it was my turn to sleep in the camp bed. And we had a gas fire and we had um, this orange, um, what do you call it? Crimpoline. Crimpoline? Yeah, yeah. Where, where it's like ribbed soft fabric thing. Orange crimpoline sofa. Um <laughs> it was horrible I mean it was the worst you know it was like 1970s gone bad it was the worst and and it wasn't in the 70s it was in the 80s so it's like 1970s furniture that the least the landlord could do for us you know uh, <clears throat> so we had this really rubbishy furniture and and then the um, the camp bed was kind of like off to the side and to the right behind that um, behind that sofa so uh, left the gas fire on you know because it was winter and winter in the northeast of england it's not a good place to be so there my mates went off to bed i got into the camp bed in bed and then the um the next thing <clears throat> the next thing is i'm taking a drink of coffee <clears throat> so the next thing is uh, i'm sitting on the sofa and uh the gas fire is really bright and I'm looking at the gas fire and I can feel the heat of the gas fire and I'm sitting on the sofa I'm sitting like I'm sitting down now I'm sitting I can feel my weight of my body on the sofa um I remember uh, looking at the the orangeness of the uh, sofa I remember rubbing my hand on the crimpoline fabric feeling the crimpoline fabric and I just remember sitting back and relaxing um, to the heat of the fire. Now I was thinking, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> and then it struck me, honestly, you know when you, people say you get struck by a thunderbolt, it just struck me like a thunderbolt, like, Jesus, I'm in bed. And then I woke up lying down in the camp bed in the, in the blackness, and I was, oh my God. <laughs> so for a momentary period, the, the, the lucid dream was, that my reality was I was sitting on the sofa in front of the fire and the lights were on and I could feel everything and I was there and then the realization actually I wasn't there I was actually in bed <laughs> that was really strange I mean you know it it's people have uh, people who do have lucid dreams you you'll know all about this and you'll know um that um you can have lots more adventures and lots more activity with lucid dreams and lots more way to promote itself for yourself but Oh, it was a shock, and it's it didn't well. It did scare me actually. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, I, I was scared, and uh, but I was more amazed. I was amazed because at that moment, I'd achieved something I'd always wanted to achieve. I'd always wanted a lucid dream. Um, you know, I'd had a lot of um, you know, what the the dreams that I've talked about just being in part of it, and you know, the the, the meeting people and seeing things and stuff like that. But it never had actually been um, a reality, you know, like it is sitting here now. So yeah, so that was lucid dreaming. So look, it's just about half an hour, about twenty eight minutes or something. Um, 
yeah, that was dreams, really. Uh, I've been wanting to do this one for ages. I could have embellished it all, stuck in bits of music, maybe done an interview with people who have dreamed other things, but I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> it was one I just wanted to get out now, something, something I needed to get out of my system, and I've done it, and I'm happy I've done it. And I hope you've liked it as well. So if you are listening to me on my website then congratulations leave a comment down below if you've not listened to this on the website and you're listening through um you know itunes spotify or whatever then head over to wrf-podcast.blogspot.com so get that pen again write that website down wrf-podcast.blogspot.com blogspot.com you can briefly listen to it again because I think it's absolutely fantastic and you can leave a comment say something nice say what you like really um, <laughs> and leave me a link if you've got a podcast as well leave me a link to your podcast because I'd naturally like to come back and uh, and listen to whatever it is that you're dribbling on about like I tend to do from time to time so <clears throat> I'll go and have another cup of coffee now and put all this together so this is WRF Wonderful Radio Flanagan with me Paul Flanagan coming to the end of yet another fantabulous show I'll sign off for now because I'm actually going to lose my voice <laughs> ok I'll talk to you later bye well that's the end of another show from wonderful Radio Flanagan and me, Paul Flanagan. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know I have. <laughs> and, um, well, I'll uh, catch you next time on wonderful Radio Flanagan.